welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. The Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Steroids Podcast, everybody. We got D-Trend back here again. Uh, going to talk, we're just going to do some uh, steroids talk for you guys, talk about, <laughs> you know, what... Uh, D-Trend is doing and uh, talk about, let's just talk about bodybuilding. I think one of the coolest things about uh, you and I, uh, D-Trend, talking together is that it's like a really open uh, conversation about like gear and how, and bodybuilding and how it all goes together. And a lot of people just, oh, yeah. they're not exposed to that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of hard to find people talking about steroids so openly. Especially, you know, it's just not something that's common. Yeah. The uh, the other day, uh, I was seeing you on a another podcast. Somebody sent me a clip from it where you were saying something about how um, you were reading in Ultimate Guide to Roids that, you know, pro bodybuilders take grams of test, grams of DECA, uh I, you know, lots of IUs of growth hormone, et cetera. And yeah. then that you were, you know, experimenting with those kinds of things. And uh, I, I remember just hearing you say that. And even though I wrote Ultimate Guide to Roids, it was still kind of shocking to hear another person say it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, really? Like, someone's really talking about that? Like, that's so insane. Like, this guy's running this much shit. Yeah, it's like, it does kind of give you that shock effect. There's some, there's something about grams, right? Because most people yeah. are in milligrams, and 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 if you ever say, oh, I'm on a gram of this or a gram of that, it's like what? Yeah, it's like all of a sudden once you hear the the word gram, it's so much. Like, oh, 500 milligrams, that's fine, but a gram of testosterone, you gotta be out of your fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's, more people are would rather hear a gram of trend, it seems. More people are normal to that than compared to a gram of testosterone. Like, a gram of testosterone, you don't even need above 500. They'll say that. Like, I, that's way too much, you know? I don't know if you listened to um, any Dave Palumbo, but, you know, uh, Dave Palumbo, you know, he does that RX muscle. And he says on there that, you know, every cycle or your first cycle, even, I think, he says you should start with a gram of test. Yeah, I I did I did actually hear that. I think I heard it from you. That was like the perfect cycle, he said, or perfect beginner cycle was just a gram of test only. 
I mean, I, I honest, that's actually, I mean, it's a little bit on the extreme end, but it's actually, if you wanted to get the full effects of being a bodybuilder, like your goal was to be a bodybuilder. And yeah, I could see someone doing that and really enjoying it. 500 is really underwhelming for a lot of guys that I've helped uh, with gear is from what I've noticed. For me on my first cycle, I started with 600 milligrams of test and, uh, and I front loaded that my first shot ever was uh, two 600 milligram shots, one in each hip of testosterone and anthate. And so it was 1200 milligrams into me. I got the worst test flu, man. Uh, because 1200 milligrams in one day to start out, you know, ever using steroids before. And, uh, you know, after a month, people were asking me like, uh, you know, I was in college and people were asking me, uh, Dan, it looks like you're getting fat or something. Cause, cause yeah. Well, yeah, that that uh, initial estrogen increase and all the glycogen in the water from the hormonal fluctuations definitely Especially when I would run tests in D-ball, people would think my body, like, it looks like your body fat is, like, a lot higher than what it really is. Well, water weight. Cycle. Did you, did you do testosterone? Yeah, I did 500 tests and 20 D-ball the first six weeks. And then um, once the D-ball ran out, I stayed on 500 tests and around week eight to, I think around week nine to 15, I did Tyranobol and provirin. I did 75 milligrams tyranobol and like 100 provirin to end that cycle. Whoa, what made you think provirin for a first cycle? I, I heard that it could lean you out a bit. And I remember hearing that Arnold really liked it. And I wanted to be like Arnold. So I took provirin and I heard it gives you, you know, freeze up test. You know, and gives you that sex drive increase, and I wanted that, and that's exactly what I got from it. So that's why I took it. I knew it wasn't going to give me a lot of gains, but I wanted to look a little bit leaner, and you know, I I figured it would be a good addition, even though it's not common to run Proviron on the first cycle. I did it. Yeah, that's that's a unique one. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about sex drive too. I mean, that's one of the things that really, you know. You get a so much higher sex drive when you're on when you're on cycle when you're on roids. You know, I've I've been uh, I've, you know, I've I've blasted roids, you know, most most of the time for for about a decade. But uh, yeah. last three months, I've been I've been on 200 milligrams testosterone cypionate TRT, and uh, dude, my sex drive is like 25 percent of of what I'm used to it being for the last decade. You know, you know what I think it is, not that you haven't figured it out. I don't think you're taking AI, right? I'm taking AI. I, I am. How much are you taking? Uh, I take it uh, as I notice symptoms. So I'm doing a combination right now of, of Nolvidex. I'm taking 20 milligrams Nolvidex every day and uh, okay. doing that to, to increase the, the LH and FSH production from my hypothalamus, you know? Because my, okay. my, my my testicles are shut down from having yeah. been here for so long, and yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, definitely. you know, it took about a it took about you know two, two weeks uh, for the of the Novadex on the lower dosage of testosterone started getting some response in the balls, 
but then I, I take the examestane uh, a couple times per week when I feel like I need it. And, and definitely my sex drive goes up when I take the examestane. Wow, that's interesting. Um, what I will, what I think is true from my experiences of being on gear for almost three years now, started when I was 19, yeah, about three years, I'm 22. So actually three years in like one, two months. Um, been on is the last sex couple time too, not really much cruising. Oh, uh, I've cruised around three or four times. My longest cruise was around 11 or 12 weeks, but usually they're around six to eight. So I've been on a few of them. That's but actually pretty I, decent, man, for being yeah, such, it's, a, it's, uh, you know, for being known as an extreme user, you know, you're, yeah. you're actually, that's, that's what everybody's doing, man. Yeah, and I would do cruises. I tried cruising on 100 tests, 150 tests, 250 tests, 500 tests. I've done cruises um, with all those numbers. Um, I like 250 the most now. But what I was going to say is uh, regarding the sex drive, I believe it's entirely upon it's either how much testosterone you're taking. So if you take more, obviously you're going to have that higher sex drive and estrogen. I've noticed ever since I ran lower testosterone, I may look better, like leaner, but my sex drive is so like below what it was when I was natural. Mm. The past year or so, it's been like that. But when I would run the higher tests and lay off on the aromasin, my sex drive was insane, like uncontrollable. Uh, it, it was it was crazy, and I figured it has to be estrogen related, and I believe that's why a lot of bodybuilders, that's why you preach high testosterone, that's why a lot of guys say you know Texas King. I believe there's a lot there's a lot of truth to that, especially how you feel mentally. Um, mm. I feel like some guys could do better on lower estrogen, but I've noticed since the last year. You know, since I've been on gear, when my test is higher and my E2 rides a bit higher than normal, not too high, but, you know, higher than normal, my sex drive is, like, borderline impossible to control versus when I run my test lower, I throw an AI in there, it's very, like, average. Like, I feel like a 40-year-old man in terms of my sex drive. <laughs> 40 years like, old? <laughs> yeah, I feel 40 years old. 45. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like after a round or two, I'm done. For the entire day like all right uh-huh. that's it i'm ready are, to go are, to bed now are you a relationship guy or are you a, a guy that you know doesn't do relationships i i i'm on a huge on relationships i used to be more of a bit of a hoe you know i used to be a player um it wasn't i it wasn't for me i was very uh i guess unfulfilled so it's always good having someone i believe that you care about that cares about you you know, and sex is always better that way. So I do, I believe on steroids, it's good to have someone that you could bond with and have sex with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're, <laughs> you're not promiscuous then. No, I, I used to be, I used to be very promiscuous. Um, I would say a little bit, but like I said, my sex drive has been so low the past year. So it's like any source of promiscuous behavior isn't really even there to begin with you know what i mean i'm like ah whatever i'd rather go work out yeah yeah oh it's it's kind of sucks i missed that i missed the fucking high sex drive the energy that comes with it and 
my conclusion is it comes down to either testosterone levels or estrogen or maybe a mix of both, like aromatization. And, you know, if you're running a bunch of like DHT derivatives in a low test, I don't know how the fuck your sex drive would be high. Maybe some people, but this is what I've noticed since I've been on steroids. Well, you've been through a lot of experimentation uh, since we last yeah. talked uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah. You know, I think you even took out Trend for a while. You you started running Primo for the first time, right? I did. I, I, I've been running Primo for about five to six weeks. I took out Trend, and right when I took out Trend, I noticed I looked really lean because I front-loaded the Primo very high, like three grams first week front-load. I got it all for free. So it's 200 milligrams per milliliter, and I got a lot of it. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to – I always wanted to use this shit. I wanted to kick in fast, so I'm going to use it. And – as the weeks gone on, I looked really, really lean, like as lean as I've ever been. And what I think it was, it was slowly crashing my estrogen. So I was running low tests with it. Mm-hmm. In these past few weeks or so, like I noticed I would get really obsessive thoughts. And my hair started falling out a lot. And people say they get hair loss on Primo, but it doesn't make sense because it's not very androgenic. I don't lose hair on Mastron. I can run a gram on Mastron. I'm fine. But I think the Primo is just crushing my E2. And, you know, when people get really low E2, they tend to shed. You know, it's not the same as, like, uh, hair loss, like male pattern baldness, if I don't think. But I noticed when my E2's low, I shed more. And that's what it was giving me. And, like, I, I almost didn't want to be an influencer for a while. Like, I was so, like, just negative. Like, kind of feeling like a pussy. Huh. You know? Like, I just felt kind of like a bitch. Like, I was, like, complaining about everything. I was always in a bad mood. I didn't feel aggressive. And I it came down to me that Primo, like, the two steroids I don't really react the best to is Primo and Equipoise because they just crush my estrogen if I'm not running a one-to-one ratio, you know, testosterone. Well, yeah, yeah I testosterone and primobolin go good at the same dosage like a thousand milligrams primo a thousand milligrams testosterone or or 1500 milligrams primo 1500 milligrams testosterone yeah uh, what would you say the effective dosage range is with primo i mean i'd say i start seeing it at 600 milligrams and then you know from 1000 milligrams to up to 2000 milligrams is where the effects are just, uh, you know, sick. Yeah, I would say around there, that's, that's, I would say, yeah, 600. I've heard some guys say they, they feel it at 250, like when they cruise, they'll do like 250, 250. And I heard that some guys say they still feel it and notice the effects if they're die at some point. Um, but I would say around 600 is like, you shouldn't really run it less than 600 because you won't really notice much. But I'd say once you get up to about a gram, 1,200 milligrams, it becomes really strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have the common, you know, like, what you think of Primo Bolin. People are like, oh, it's a weak steroid. But around that, you know, gram to 1,200 milligram mark, it gets pretty strong. You know, like, you can really see yeah, the, effect it, the effects it gives on your physique. And it's not something you feel a whole lot. You're not going to really feel like you're on anything. You're just going to look better. You notice what it does to your physique. It's really, uh, it's really anabolic. What I could say, it's like a, a beefier anavar. If I could compare it to anything, 
Like imagine I, an injectable anivar. Anivar and primobolin are very similar effects. Yeah, so anivar has a bit more, I feel like, CNS drive than primo. Primo doesn't really have much of mm-hmm. that really at all. It's just primarily anabolic. Although heart rate, heart rate on primobolin can kind of increase. Did you get that at all? Yeah, I did. And I think that's how primable and equipoise are compared a lot because they're both more like an athletic endurance like uh, steroids. I've noticed since I've been on primo, I could do a lot more volume than let's mm-hmm. say if I was on a test and trend cycle, a test and primo cycle. It's like I could do 50 sets of workout, 40 sets for two body parts. You know, like it's always probably why the golden era dudes really liked their higher volume because they were running primable one. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those it's one of those droids that like if you know, once you've got the good stuff, you know, you don't really need to use a whole lot else because it just grows muscle tissue well and it doesn't give side effects. So I remember yeah. when I was in Turkey, I was getting the the Bayer Remobolins over the counter there. And, you know, I started at at about at, I started at a thousand milligrams per week because, you know, it's it's cheap as shit. And yeah. um and uh, but then, you know, I was just running the Sustanon with the Primabolin. And, you know, eventually I was I was, you know, I was using five milliliter syringes to take this stuff. And, you know, I would be taking five milliliter syringe, you know, four or five times a week. So, you know, it went up somewhere around, you know, a thousand, thousand five hundred tests and, you know, somewhere between one thousand two hundred to two thousand milligrams Primabolin, depending on the week. Um, and, you, you know, but I wasn't taking other stuff. I was just taking that, but you know the yeah. effects of that were so strong. You know, I would say if if somebody's going to take you know test, trend, mastron, anadrol, winstrol, um, equipoise, you know whatever else, mixing all this shit together, I mean you're going to get a bunch of milligrams. We all know most you know big bodybuilders are running around you know somewhere between two and a half to three and a half grams on average per yeah. week. You can just do that with Primo. Yeah, I was curious. I had a question. When you ran, let's say, a straight testosterone or a, a test and trend cycle, let's say, all right, so let's say when you ran a gram of Primo and a gram of test, did you hold as much water as if you ran a gram of testosterone or did you feel like the water was um, kind of put in the muscle a bit differently? Like, was it distributed? better or did it really not change did it still give you kind of because you know when you run the test a bit higher you will get a bloopy appearance did throwing the primo help at all with maybe looking a bit leaner or um, a bit more aesthetic versus a test only cycle or a test trend cycle around the same dosages oh absolutely man it is because because i know exactly what you're talking about you run a high testosterone cycle you know you can tell that look and it, it's it's yeah. a certain look. It, you know, it actually looks like a WWE wrestler. You know, yeah, you know, like, really class, like Hulk Hogan or something like that. You get that kind of cosmetic appearance from running high testosterone. And when you run the uh, Primabolin at the same dosage, uh, especially if you have growth hormone in that, um, it it completely redistributes the way the water is and the cosmetic effect of of the you know that it does not even look that you don't even resemble the, the that WWE wrestler look anymore. It's like a, it, it, it just becomes that, you know, sick alien growth hormone, what the hell type of look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, did you notice that with trend too? So if you were to run, let's say, a gramma test and a gramma trend or a high dosage of trendbolin, would it give that same effect that primobolin would give? Or is that just for primobolin only? Like it's one of the, the characteristics of primobolin. Or would trend give something like that? Or would it, you know, would it not? Would it be outshadowed by the high testosterone? You know, I with the high testosterone and the trend, I with the growth hormone, I I did note I do I did and do notice more water retention still being outside of the muscle than I do wow. with testosterone and primobolin. Wow, wonder wonder why that is. Because you people hear trend, they hear oh dry, grainy, square. Uh, you know, wonder why trend still do that because you think trend is a cutting steroid. It dries you out, keeps you lean. Wonder why primobolin, which is weaker, you know, wonder why that that would give that effect versus trend, which doesn't. And maybe maybe it's an estrogen issue. I don't know. What do you think? Have, uh, have you gotten some? Because I think uh, we've talked about you get some water retention. With trembolone usage, is that true? I, I I do. Yeah, I I don't know why I do with trend. Every time I run it, I get a little bit mainly in my midsection, a little bit under my chin, and mm -hmm. kind of just in my muscles a bit. I hold a little bit more water. I don't know why. If it's a thyroid issue, I'm not too sure. But I noticed that with trend, it makes me hold a little bit of water because when I drop the trend and switch to primo. Mm -hmm. It's like I look like I dropped three percent body fat in two weeks. Mm. Two like like I I got really really lean. Like the point my abs looked how I always wanted them to look. The point I could take my shirt off and I would feel comfortable. <laughs> Versus on trend, I'll be like, yeah, on trend I'd be like, man, I look really good, but I'm, my midsection's kind of bloated. I don't really want to take off my shirt. Even though I have veins everywhere, it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I noticed that with Primo Bowling. Yeah, well, why. when the, um, the, the trend balloon, one of the, the things with it is that if it's run high at all, um, which, you know, a guy, you know, one of the dosages, you know, for the guys to listen to podcasts that, the, the dosages that people usually run trend at is, you know, 200 milligrams up to 1,000. That's pretty much the range you see. And the higher trend balloon, when it, when it gets up high like that, that seems to be when these issues come with the, with the water retention being caused by trend. And one of the things with that is that trend stimulates, like, basically every sex hormone receptor. And for one thing, a lot of guys don't have total control of their prolactin when they're on trend. You know, they'll notice that however much, um, even if they're using cabergolin, et cetera, they will still be able to have, you know, stuff coming out of their nipples, et cetera, or they'll still have some deep stinging pain in their nipples, et cetera. And one of the things is if you don't take uh, cabergolin and you take trend and your prolactin gets high, you'll have a ton of water retention. And then if you go and start taking cabergolin, You'll notice overnight a diuretic effect where the water retention will drain out of your skin. So, you know, you know, when we're talking about high dosage trend and then guys getting water retention from that, uh, first thing that comes to mind 
is that they just they're getting overstimulation of some of these sex hormone receptors such as prolactin and they're just not able to control it. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. So you believe that trend to get the best out of it, you should probably run a low and more moderate dose. I I do, yeah, yeah. Um Personally, I've, I've experimented with very high dosages of trenbolone and low dosages of trenbolone. You know, I've, I've, my experimentation range with trenbolone has been between um, 150 milligrams per week up to 1,400 milligrams per week. And the dosage that I think is the most um, effective is to use it between 175 to 350 milligrams per week. And if you want to um, use it, like I think it goes good underneath a normal cycle. So instead of having trend be the featured item in the cycle, running a normal cycle, running all your normal stuff, and then just boom, you put that little bit of trend underneath it. And, and that's where I think trend gives the best effects. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I feel like uh, trend, if you run it very high, from my experiences, it does give quite a bit of water retention. Um, even if you lower your test, it won't give as much as like a high testosterone, but it does give water retention. It's almost like kind of like mint a bit, but you would imagine that to be, I feel like, since it is a 19 or they probably do act similar in some ways. Besides trend not raising estrogen, it does have some effects, I believe, on estrogen, maybe making you a bit more sensitive. So if you were to run a gram of trend, you could have a similar look to maybe what a mint would give you, just not as watery. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would assume I could be wrong, but people say mint is a very wet steroid and DECA and Nandrolone tend to be wetter steroids. Trend, if you run it very high it uh look a little bit wet when i run it high it's like if i if i pin 100 milligrams a day you know when i'm running a dry cycle it looks like i can gain 10 pounds in like two weeks like my yeah. physique just it it, it it i look thicker but it's like I, I would definitely will lose that definition if i throw that high trend in there it's really weird you think the opposite would happen yeah, some people talk about like, oh, I take trend and then all of a sudden I get smaller. That that's not the case with myself. Sounds like it's not no. the case with you either. Definitely not. And that's what really drew me to Primable. And but the thing is, is I've been running low test with it, and it's it's just been making me feel like shit. Like I'm like, man, fuck. And I was thinking, man, like maybe I should increase my testosterone because you said that, hey, Primable one when you run a high test higher Primable in like a gram each, it's really not that bad. And I was thinking, you know, maybe that's what you have to do with Primable in because I probably wouldn't be able to run it at a lower test high Primo as much as I'd want to because it just fuck totally screws my mental health, like worse than what Trend would do because that low E2 is so terrible, bro. Man. You just feel so lethargic and lazy. And that's kind of what I've been experiencing the past two or three weeks. So, uh, you've been, how, how much, so how much total have you been, cause you've been running Primable in at a bunch of different dosages now, right? So yeah, I dropped it back to a gram okay. and 
I threw I wanted to add in tremble and we talked about this, so I threw it in at three fifty. And once I did that, um threw the trend in there, I noticed I just started looking less leaner. And it helped with the the high E two, like the low E two sides. Like I wasn't feeling like shit as much. You know, like, oh yeah, I feel pretty good, but um I've been having to really rely on stimulants a lot past like year, I would say six months and I kind of lost a lot of my definition, and I I believe it's someone said that low E2 could give you that, or it could be a trend that if you really get low E2, you'll hold on to water, or maybe it's a trend just giving you that water retention. Yeah, you know, trend can occupy the estrogen receptor. It's really a, a like it, it you know because it's got that effect where it it hits all sex hormone receptors, so. You know, people will be on trend and they'll get a blood test and they'll look at their estrogen and their estrogen will be through the roof. And they'll be like, what's this? Because yeah. the blood test is picking up the trend balone as estrogen on the test. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys will notice that they can't crash their estrogen when they're on trend. So pre-contest, you know, I'll be working with guys and they'll be coming up to their show. Most of the guys I work with are classic physique. Some open bodybuilders, but mostly classic physique. And, uh, you know, they'll be coming up to their show and they'll be taking letrozole every single day where normally that would totally ruin you, especially the last week when you're not taking much testosterone, you're taking no testosterone. But yeah. because on Trenbolone, they still feel OK taking letrozole every day. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I noticed with Tren, I've always felt better on trend sex drive all that when i ran my test higher with trim so i may not look as good as lean but i find that if you find a sweet spot with your estrogen your testosterone the, the look will actually be really good um because i noticed when i run lower tests and lower e2 i will look really good but i won't look as full i look flat really flat but if i run high test high trend and my E2 is a bit, you know, elevated, but not like super high. It could actually, it gives me a really good look. Despite mm -hmm. the bloating, it's really, it's a really thick bodybuilder look. And I don't know, some guys, you know, they, they see the test trend ratio. What should you run your test and trend at? You know, and I, I don't really think there's a ratio for everyone. I think it really comes down to, you know, your experience. But I would say for the most part, if you run your testosterone a bit higher, let's say 350 trends, 600 tests, you probably will feel better. Or if you run them one-to-one, -one, like uh, 700 trends, 700 tests, you probably will feel better versus running 250 tests, 800 trend. That's mm -hmm. what I've noticed. You may look a bit better with the lower test in terms of the aesthetics, but you're going to feel like fucking shit. Like, yeah, you're insane. just gonna feel like shit. Like not as much shit as if you were just to run, let's say, 200 tests and a Gramma Primo and a Gramma Mastron. You would probably feel a lot like shit, but that trend, like you said, makes it a lot harder to crash that E2. Uh -huh. So it's gonna give you a bit of a, a boost. I believe trend does that, maybe with dopamine. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that when I was on straight DH. DHT derivatives, low test, I felt like shit. 
my skin looked really dry. My hair looked like brittle. Like, never looked like that before. I was like, what the fuck? I look like I aged like 10 years. What the fuck is this? I look like an old man now. And then um, when I throw the trend in there, it's like my skin just fucking automatically looks younger. Like, that's weird. Wonder why trend trend's not supposed to do that. It's not supposed to make your skin look better, but for some reason it would always do that to me. So I believe. Uh huh. Go ahead. But you go ahead. I was pretty much done. Okay. I, I was gonna say, uh, what you know, with your with your name D Trend, you know, but you that's what you've been named since the you calling yourself since the beginning, but now you yeah. experimented with a bunch of different stuff now, you know. You yeah. So you are like much more experienced now than you were when you first started just going with the trend, which is a really common thing where guys start and they they discover trend and they go like, okay, well this is the shit, you know. I just want to use this forever now. Um, but now you've experimented a bunch. How do you feel about Trembolone now at, at this point? I feel like Trembolone is still the best bang for your buck steroid. Mm, yeah. I, I will say that. I will say that. Um, testosterone and Tremblon. Best bang for your buck. It's not the healthiest. It's not good for your mental health. It could fuck up all your relationships if you don't you know, know how to control yourself. But since I've experimented with a lot of different things, I noticed personally, I felt the best day to day running a hot, uh, a moderate higher test testosterone um a low and a more of a moderate higher dose of trenbolone with low dose ai that's when i noticed i felt the best or when i just ran a testosterone like 500 low dose ai that's what i've noticed so when i kept it really simple just two compounds driving my growth maybe throwing anadrol in there that's okay. I'd say what I felt the best. But once I started experimenting with equipoise, all this other stuff, I didn't feel as good. And I, and I may have looked a bit better. Man, I don't know what it is. And I believe it's just come down to the point of estrogen. But I believe I have the same exact feelings about trend that I did when I started it. It's still a very great compound. It makes you feel really good. You don't need to run a gram of trend for it to work. You could run 350 milligrams and it's fucking solid. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you if you are going to run, I would say you could always add something else. I believe it would always be better to raise your testosterone and to raise your trend if you wanted a bit more growth. But if I would say if you do raise your trend, your testosterone should be about around the same, at least for me personally. It should be about the same or close to it. Like going off of a test and trend ratio is bullshit, you know? So if you, if you want the best bang for your buck, that's, that's going to be it. You know, if you really want quick results and you're like, man, I just, I don't care. I want to be a bodybuilder. It's still the most versatile like compound you could run besides growth hormone. And uh, obviously insulin with bodybuilders love. They love uh, growth hormone and insulin. Trend yeah, that's a really good, good point, what you said about how it's the best bang for your buck. As far as value goes and how much muscle 
you're going to get for the money you spend. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing can compare to, like you said, testosterone and trembolone. If you're, if somebody's looking for the maximum amount of muscle and spending the least amount of money in order to get that, that, that is it. You buy vials of trembolone and testosterone. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I would always do. That was like my bread and butter. So mm-hmm. long. I've ran trend for 20 weeks before. Mm-hmm. Trend, high test, high trend. That was it. 20 weeks. And that was probably my best cycle ever. I made the most, most gains. I was 20 years old, 255 pounds. You know, slightly visible abs. I wasn't super lean, but I had veins everywhere. And people would look at me and be like, that's a 35-year-old man right there. What the fuck? And <laughs> and I just felt really good on it. Of course, there was a lot of negative mental sides, too. But there were so much positives that you were just like, you know, you'd make excuses. I'd, I'd make excuses. Like, oh, yeah, I, what I did here was really bad or... I felt like shit at this time, but you know, I feel great now and it helps me with this and that. And so I, I would put up with the negative sides because the positives were in my opinion worth it at the time. And not anyone, not everyone would agree with me on that, but that's how I felt. I felt my best cycles were as simple, just test and trend, you know, and, and maybe an draw or a super draw if I wanted to get you know a bit bigger a bit stronger for a few weeks. Yeah, you said you're using uh, growth hormone and insulin now. Yeah, I do use growth hormone and insulin. And I feel like once you get to that point, really, all right, test and trend isn't really, like, increasing the dosages aren't really doing it for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you reach that kind of where you start, you don't really get any more freakier. Mm-hmm. All right, what do I do here? You know, if your diet is at that point as it can be, you know, my diet was never perfect, but I knew it worked for my body and I was seeing a lot of growth for a while. And then I was like, you know, these steroids really aren't hitting the same as I wanted them to. What's the next step that every bodybuilder takes? Growth hormone. Started taking growth hormone and fucking worked instantly. Helped me so much. It's very valuable hormone. What was that? It made you bigger to take growth hormone? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Literally the first week. It may have been water weight, but I noticed what it was doing really quick. And yeah. there's nothing but positive. Fast. People talk about, oh, you got to wait months to see growth hormone. It's like, no, man, your growth hormone's bunk. Yeah, growth hormone really, really helped me. It leans you out, too. The longer you're on it, let's say you're running a low dose, like three, six IUs, a lower moderate dosage. Over time, you'll notice it really starts just giving you that that modern bodybuilder look. It molds your physique in positive it's like ways. Gain fat once you're on that stuff. I mean, you yeah. can eat six thousand, seven thousand calories a day. I mean, it's just uh, insane what you can eat and not get fat on growth hormone. Yeah, and it uh, it just works very well at what it does. And if you were to be like, man, I want. I want like bodybuilder results now. Like I don't give a fuck. I have all the money in the world or I have all the access to this stuff. I want to get the most out of growth hormone. You go run 10 IUs, eight to 10 IUs for two weeks. You will notice a change almost every other day in your physique with a little bit of like, I I did that. I I tried it. I was like, now I'm going to run high dosage growth hormone. Uh I want to see a higher dosage. 
and I did that. And I threw in a little light dose pre-workout insulin, like 10 IUs. Always made sure to have more than enough carbs. Two Gatorades in my bag while training and while on it. What kind and of insulin? I did Humalog. I do okay, Humalog. Did, that's my favorite. That that's a so you started that after you'd already gotten uh, comfortable with growth hormone alone. Yeah, I actually yeah I I first took growth hormone for a solid like two or three months and I did. Messing around with insulin, I, I messed around with, uh, I think it's called Novolin. Yeah, I think it was Novolin R. I did that for about two to three weeks, and I was kind of lazy with it, and I didn't really notice anything in particular that I liked. It just made me look a bit fluffy. How did that so make I you dropped it. How did it make me feel? Yeah. Yeah, it makes me feel really good. It made you feel good to take to take uh, insulin. Yeah, in the gym pre workout, really good. You just I just did noticed you get shaky or anything like that. A few times, yeah. But you know, I've always made sure to have more than enough carbs. I never really got shaky or uh, any like symptoms like of low blood sugar. So I mm-hmm. always made sure to to get those fast acting sugary carbs and like you know Gatorades, uh, bananas, all kinds of stuff. I make sure, you know, if I pin eight units, I make sure I have at least eighty grams to like one hundred thirty grams of carbs, you know, and then I have my Gatorades on me, so and my gummies, whether it was the Golden Bears or you know like fucking sour gummy worms whatever and if i ever felt like i needed it i would just chew on them i'd be like crouched down people that know me that go to my gym know me like i'll crouch down like squat squatting position near my bag and i'll just be chewing on some fucking candy (laughs) like for like a minute or two people are like they probably look at me like what the fuck is he doing he's a gorilla (laughs) He's a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> looks like that. Like, I, I, I think it's like I'd never think about it. I'd be like, oh, I'm just time for to do this, and then people probably look at me and they're like, is this guy really in a bag of fucking gummies right now? Crouch down like that? Like what the fuck? So it's probably a funny look. So uh, you switched and you you uh you finished the Novolin R and and you started using yeah. Humulin instead, and then yeah. uh so what have you? What have you noticed that that's done for you? I feel like the hum the humalog works better. Like since it's a it's a shorter ester form of insulin, fast acting, not ester. Mm-hmm. It's a fast acting insulin. So I feel like it works better for me in the gym because I notice the pumps tend to be a bit better. At least that's what I feel like it does. And I don't want it in my system for a long time. I only want it in my system for an hour or two. Was it the same thing uh, as the growth hormone when you added the um, log to your stack? Did you notice within a few days you were looking bigger? Oh, yeah, I thought it out. My, my idea was, all right, I'm running low test. Um, the insulin will help offset any flatness I get. Mm-hmm. From uh, running lower tests, it'll make me look a bit bigger, and which it did. It really did work with pumps really well with the growth hormone. What about uh, veins? Since you've started using growth hormone, have you developed new veins? Yeah, 
uh, of course, especially in my like abdomen area, like near like my uh, a little bit above my groin, down mm-hmm. there, uh, my legs. You've talked That's about a- that. You got more veins in your legs from growth hormone? Yeah, definitely in my legs and a bit more in my arms. So when I'm on it, I notice I'm just a bit more veiny just everywhere. But definitely my legs, they get really veiny when I'm on, on par with my growth hormone. What do you? What have you noticed has given you the best uh, upper body veins out of, out of anything you've used or any combination that you've used? Oh, that's such a hard one. I would say the best thing I've noticed veins for upper body is I would say it's Trendolone mm-hmm. for me. I don't know why this always brings out more veins. Some people say equipoise, but when I took it, it kind of bloated me up a little bit, like threw more water retention on me. Mm-hmm. And I did notice a bit more veins, but it wasn't as pronounced as trend. So trend is what I noticed gave me a lot of veins. Uh, so did Anadrol. High dosage Anadrol with trend gave me a lot of veins. Yeah, Anadrol is a pain one. Anadrol really pumps up the upper body. It just makes you look like uh, you're a action figure or something. Yeah, Anadrol is really good for that. It, what I can say is Anadrol just swells up slows you up everywhere in your upper body and your legs see my legs are really beefy looking on anadrol but that it really uh just blows you up everywhere what i've noticed different than d-ball d-ball is like you almost look fucking a little bit fat just kind of you look like a fat fuck but on anadrol it's like you look more like thick and round thick and round and your delts really anadrol was one that really brought out my delts and my biceps and my triceps a lot man yeah pre-workout or intra-workout nutrition with anadrol is is like a nuclear uh nuclear ballistic missile to your glycogen yeah Yeah, i would always uh i was working um body work so i was always you know sanding shit i was doing work and I didn't have a lot of money. This was around when I was 20, 20 years old, 21. And for lunch, I would go to McDonald's and I would get like four McDoubles, large fry. I don't, I don't advise anyone does this, you know, but this is what I would do. And I, I was on like a gram of test, gram of trend and 150 Anadrol. You go to McDonald's, get four McDoubles, a large fry and like a large Powerade. And I would eat all that like a few hours before the gym, and then, oh, uh, yeah, and then pre-workout. That must have been a good workout, shit. Yeah, in pre-workout, I would have like a banana or two, and that was it. And I'd be in the gym, pumped up, and I would obviously be, you know, swelled up from all the sodium. Dude, my fucking veins were insane. Like I had, it's like I got fucking horse, like. I don't even know. There was just like hoses in my arms and my arms look like they'd gained a solid inch. Like my arms probably as biggest as they ever been. Like they were probably close to 20 inches, maybe 19 or 20. It's like they added an inch to like my arms instantly in a matter of weeks. And I was so fucking full. 
I would have the best pumps in my life. Like I wouldn't even really need much of a, um, a Gatorade or nothing in the gym because of all the shit I would eat. Not lunch. Uh, four, four McDoubles. I mean, that, that's, that's a really, you know, I, I believe in fast food too, for, for bodybuilding size, you know, guy, guys, you know, clean diet is good. Clean diet is good. But but when but when you're going for like maximum size and you gotta like gain a lot of weight and you know you you're getting up 230, 240, 250 pounds, it's like um well you know what you know some junk food is gonna be in there and uh, yeah. some junk food seems to have some kind of reaction with the gear it just does uh you know like uh, burgers uh, pizza even um where where it just it mixes with the gear and things just get ballistic um so it sounds like you know four mcdoubles a large fry and a a, a big gatorade pre-workout that <laughs> i can just see what that's gonna do like like uh because i know what the steroids do and everything you know you're saying you're taking 150 anadrol uh a gram of trend and a test with that i, I mean yeah shit i can imagine the workouts they were really aggressive. I felt really strong, really aggressive, sweaty. Um, yeah, they they were the pumps were insane. People would look at my arms, and they just their eyes wouldn't even be looking at me in the eyes. They'd just be looking at my my hands and my fucking forearms and biceps, because my hands would be all swollen and veins would just be all over my fucking arms. My blood pressure was probably really fucking high. So <laughs> that wasn't healthy at all, but it was what I was doing. I, I was 255 pounds at 20 years old and I, I needed to get as much calories in my system as possible. And that's what, what was uh, easier for me at the time, working eight to nine hours a day, you know, and then going to the gym. I was like, well, I don't really want to make a meal. I need calories now. What are some uh, other go-to uh, fast food meals for size for you? Other fast food meals? Um, I like to size. keep it simple. Yeah. When you're doing size, yeah. Um, I would say just anything with a lot of sodium, like McDonald's, sandwich places are really good, pizza. Uh, pizza kind of messes with my stomach, but I would say the most consistent is like a McDonald's. I'd say my body, my my stomach doesn't really get messed up eating McDonald's or an In-N-Out or you know uh, a Subway. Shit like that is is really good on my stomach, and I don't feel like shit. Versus a pizza, I've ate a whole large pizza. Kind of just tend to feel like shit for a while after doing that, but it does work. Pizza does work. But I did it in such a way that I wasn't going overboard. Like I was not eating six, seven thousand calories a day. I was probably eating closer to four thousand around there. Uh, yeah, that's that's fairly moderate for your size. Um, yeah, I, I've never had to eat a lot to gain muscle ever. I think when I was cruising, I would eat around twenty five hundred calories a day, maybe a bit less, and I was two thirty on the two fifty test. 230 pounds. I, I hold on to my size. Calories? Yeah. Jeez. I don't know why my body's like that, but I, for some reason, I gain weight very 
gain muscle very easily as long as my dosages are in the right spot. And once I do that, it's like I don't really have to change my diet a whole lot if I want to gain muscle. In fact, if I want to, if I go on a cutting cycle and I throw in trend, I keep my calories the same. I'll probably gain five pounds by the that first or second week and get leaner. So that uh, McDonald's meal that you were talking about with the four burgers, the fries, and the Gatorade—that's probably the highest calorie meal you ever do. Then, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. If I want to get, if I'm really hungry, I'll throw in some like a 10 piece, like McNugget in there as well for the extra protein and calories. But by that time, I usually can't finish it majority. So I'll just go to that. That's what's always worked for me. That's what kind of people know me as like on TikTok. They, I used to talk about it all the time because I would get it so much. I would eat that like, fuck, like four or five times a week. Like every other day, damn near. Uh, it's part of your muscle building routine then yeah even on cuts i could eat fast food like every day if i wanted to i just have to really pay attention like i'll i could have one cheat meal every day as long as the rest of my food is moderately clean and i'm not going overboard what's your uh go-to workout for arms for biceps or triceps uh, both. For biceps, I've always really liked uh, Easy Bar Close Grip Preacher Curl. Mm. It's always been probably one of my most effective because, you know, you're not using your, your body a whole lot. And mm. you're not using a whole lot of your shoulder. And I just noticed that Preacher, once you go to about 70 to 100 pounds, it's really challenging and if you really focus on a negative a time under tension is always it's always been one of the harder ones for me and i think that's why it's so good because every time i drop that easy bar down after i felt like my bicep was gonna snap or tear i'd get up and my arms mm-hmm. are instantly fucking pumped like they hurt so i i think the the preacher curl the close grip is very underrated. I'd say that's probably been my favorite one. Like I know I'll get a good pump out of doing that. And then, when you do those pre, like, how how uh, how far do you let the arm extend? Do you let it extend all the way straight, or do you keep the bicep in kind of a flex position? I go pretty much all the way straight, if not pretty damn close. <laughs> Pretty damn mm-hmm. close. I really try to stretch that bicep out. And not everyone can do that, like, comfortably. But I'd say my biceps are a very strong muscle group with me. My arms, I can lift mm-hmm. a lot of weight with them. So I, I really go for that full stretch. And if I go heavier, I tend to go about 90%. And if I feel too much tension where it doesn't feel good, I won't go all the way down. But for the most part, yeah, I go almost all the way straight as much as I can mm-hmm. to really get that full stretch of bicep. I believe that's where all the growth comes from that, um, that particular exercise. Nice. And then yeah, you were the saying, tricep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. From that, my other favorite bicep is the alternating dumbbells heavy. Mm-hmm. So like 35 to 55 pounds, as many reps as you can Dumbbell. do. Yeah, 
that those have been those have been one of my favorites. So you, I, you, I just always feel like a badass doing those. I don't know why. Like you know, you got the mirror, you're doing your curls, and like, how did I not? That was fucking cool. You got fifty pounds in each arm, and you're curling them. Good form. That's yeah. a badass workout right there. You get a nice yeah. until failure. Yeah, I, I mean that can even pump up your traps too. Yeah, yeah, my my forearms take a really hard beating on those as well. I have really ginormous forearms, and people are like, "What do you do to train your forearms?" I never train them directly. I just do. I I throw in like a lot of heavy uh, curls, like if it's mm-hmm. a preacher, if it's a dumbbell, but it's probably those dumbbells. I really built my forearms. Do you do uh, uh, hammer hammer curls? I do. Not not a whole lot because I find that my my forearms are pretty damn big as they are. Every once in a while I'll do hammers, but I like to focus more on training my my bicep, so my inner and outer bicep to maximize the peak, so I can have that like Arnold look in my biceps. They're really long, so I do whatever I can to really focus on building that uh, peak in my arms as much as I can. So that's what I do. I really focus on that part. Um, but I noticed once I started training my triceps harder, added a lot of lift to my arms on the front, which is a good look. And I find that if you want to get a nice arm pump, train your arms. Let's go for an arm day. Like 15 sets each, biceps, triceps, whatever. Start with your triceps first. Start with your triceps. You notice by the time your triceps are pumped, when you're training your biceps, your arms look twice the size because that tricep is popping and you can see it uh, in the front, you know, in the front of your arm, you see that side tricep popping out, which adds that width to your arm. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like doing that. But my favorite tricep workout, I would say, has always been a simple like push down, more of a um, normal grip push down and uh, a French press easy bar. Laying down on a laying down flat on a bench, French press. So right above your your eyes. Mm-hmm. When you do the, really push, like the French you press. use the rope or do you use a, a steel uh, attachment? I use the steel attachments. Uh-huh. I really like the steel attachments better. A more a bit more narrow. I like the narrow steel attachments. The ropes, I like them too. I just noticed for some reason, I start cheating more on the ropes because uh-huh. it feels a bit harder for me. Uh huh. Like I have to go lighter. I don't know what it is about that rope, but it's it's always like when I'm doing it, I'm like, "Fuck, man, I don't feel as strong as when I'm doing that attachment versus that rope." So I always prefer the the bar about narrow. But I switch it up sometimes. I'll go wide. And I you like ever do uh, uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, no, you go ahead. Okay. Do you ever do a close grip bench press for your triceps? I used to all the time, and I stopped doing them once I injured my shoulder a while back. But I, I think I'm going to start incorporating them because when I did do them, they worked very well. Mm-hmm. Close grip bench press. It, it's very effective, I would say. It's really You could really throw on the weight on that one. About shoulder width grip, right? With your your arms just straight out in front of you. I would go even more narrow than that. I'd go a bit in. 
bit closer than my shoulders. That would burn out the triceps. Yeah, I'd say a little bit where your traps would be. Mm -hmm. Down there, where your traps would be. Not not shoulder width, because I feel like still doing a bit more chest, but if you move your arms in where your traps or neck is, narrow. For me personally, that's always hit them pretty damn hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, close grip bench press is, is pretty killer. And then yeah, the, people neglect their triceps. They really do. I, I, how do I know this? Because I did that for so long. I neglected my triceps. I was like, I only trained biceps really hard. And my triceps, now oh, let me do a push down. Wait, you know. And it never grew. What, uh, what was the biggest, when your triceps started growing more, what was the most important factor? Uh, Anadrol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great answer. <laughs> no, the, the heavy French press. Heavy okay. push downs and the 100 pound easy bar working up to 50 pounds for five sets all the way to 100 pounds on the French press laying down. Uh, with your legs kind of in the air a little bit, legs off the bent, off the floor. Oh, I can imagine that. That gets that feeling in the tricep where it almost feels like the muscle is squeezing against itself. Uh, yeah. There's a few exercises that cause that feeling. Um, one would be like the hamstring curl, the the lying hamstring curl where you curl the hamstring and it almost feels like the hamstring's going to explode because it feels like it's kind of pushing against itself. And then yeah. the French press, like you said, uh, with the, you know, with the bar coming up where your eyes are, and then about halfway up back on that extension with your arm, it feels like the tricep is pushing against itself like it's going to explode. Definitely, yeah. And uh, it really develops that hang of the tricep. And you have your arm, uh, you know, straightened out, you know, to your side, mm-hmm. that hang. That's what it really develops. And people really compliment me on that hang on my tricep. And they're like, how do you get that? And I tell them the French press. That's why it gave me that, that really uh, developed thickness, the hang of the tricep area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those well, are I'd say those are my favorite. Those those all those all sound good. Uh, extreme exercises. Um, so with with uh, being a being a bodybuilder and everything, uh, you know, how, how do you how do you feel about being a bodybuilder? Because I mean, you're definitely at the size you know now where he, the the average person is not going to be aspiring to have your body. Yeah, you know, you're you're not somebody who has a uh like a the average guy on the street, he's thinking, Oh, I wanna be like that. He's thinking he wants to be more like an Abercrombie and Fitch model, but you are much bigger yeah. than that. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he's he's probably thinking, you know, oh, that guy's he's a freak. I'm not looking to be like him. How do you feel yeah. uh, you know, being uh, a freak, you know. <laughs> How does that make well, you feel? <laughs> to be honest, Dan, I don't. I'll be honest. I do not feel like a freak. Like I, the normal person, they're like, yeah, fucking right. 
I do not feel like I'm a freak because when I look at bodybuilders, I look at these open guys and these classic guys or guys on, you know, that are IPB pros. And I'm like, damn, like that guy's a fucking freak. But the the normal, the normal person that looks at me, yeah, they probably like, damn, this guy's fucking huge. You know, I don't notice it because I'm looking at the guys bigger than me. And that's how we all do it. We don't really, we don't really realize how big we truly are. And that probably goes in a bit with body dysmorphia. I would say it feels really, really good. It feels really good. You know, I feel really proud of myself. I always want to look better. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of dudes that are in fitness or that really like fitness, they see my physique and they want to look like me. They say, you look really good. You know, like the naturals or the guys that are first starting their, their cycles, you know, that are in my discord. They, they aspire to look like me. They want to look like me. And, you know, it makes me really happy. And I feel like I'm at that point now where if you're in the gym and you really like bodybuilding, and you know you have a bit of a passion for it you'll look at my physique and be like yeah i want to look like that like more classic golden era then you look at open bodybuilders and guys are like no way like that's gross it doesn't look good and then you know so that makes me feel good because that's what i've always wanted i've looked at guys like arnold i've always wanted to look like those guys because they had a bit of beauty yeah, an attractiveness to them that a woman could look at them, still be attracted to them. Like it's not going to make you look ugly or worse compared to if you're 280 pounds at five nine. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 in the you're a fucking freak. So mm-hmm. it makes me happy that I'm in that stage where I look like a bodybuilder, but I'm not gross looking compared to what the average person will think and yet there's people that are 100 maybe that don't even bodybuild and they look at me and be like no that's too much and that's fine you know they're they're normal people let them think that because this is what i want to look like it makes me happy but as long as i look at myself and i'm like yeah i look good this is this is what i want that's always been my goal but i say i'm really proud of it it's improved my life in every way it hasn't made me less attractive to the opposite sex. It hasn't made people look at me and be like, ew. You know, it's, I'd say it's boosted my attractiveness because not only do I look better, I feel better now. I feel more powerful. I feel more dominant. I feel more energetic in return. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all attractive traits in men. Women like those traits in men. Guys like some guys like those traits in men. So as you, you even say it all the time, you <laughs> watching your story on Instagram, you were talking about when you feel like shit, knowing that you can only go to a quarter CC or a half CC or a full CC a week on your injections <laughs> and you can't just load up five CCs <laughs> and then wake up two or three days later, look like you gained 10 pounds and feel like, you're a fucking tyrant again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have that powerful, hyper-masculine feel anymore. You're, you're now like an average guy. 
you're just kind of you know you're just kind of strolling around life at this point you're on cruise mode yeah yeah (laughs) that's literally what it is you're just cruising you're not really going up you're just stagnant or maybe you're you're going down a little bit that's how cruising is for bodybuilders that really have actually pushed the dosages we we notice a difference when we're on versus when we're actually doing a real cruise yeah and you know that's another weird thing too because people talk shit about like high dosages a lot you know and we all know you know when we've already been there done that we all know that that's bullshit that no one's using high dosages but so for these guys that have never used them though you know they might think like, oh, well, you know, you don't need to do that or something. They might say stuff like that. But the reality is, is that taking high dosages feels good. It feels powerful. Yeah. I mean, I talk to guys who use high dosages and what they tell me is I do it because I like the way it makes me feel. Oh, yeah, definitely. It makes you feel Really fucking makes you feel more of a man. Who wouldn't want to feel? Well, it's like, well, I say, like, why do you need to feel like more of a man? Why can't you already feel like that natural? It's like, you no, you don't fucking understand. We're <laughs> injecting synthetic hormones in our body high amounts. It's going to give you a completely different feeling that you can never get naturally. Mm-hmm. You're literally turning yourself into a super male. Yeah, by doing that, because this is something you could never achieve 150 years ago. It, you know this when you've pushed, when you've really pushed it. If you've ever ran a gram of test, or you've ever ran a gram of trend, or 150 milligrams of anadrol, or three milligram, three three grams of total steroids a week, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll know that feeling, that really powerful feeling that you cannot get. You just, and you even talk about it when you come off. You say, I needed a, a dose of reality a bit. I needed to calm, let my ego calm down. And I think there's definitely, if you notice guys on steroids that are actually taking the proper dosages, I could say to myself, I'm a nice dude. But people can just look at me and be like, damn, this guy is uh, a bit conceited. You know, he's in the gym. He's not looking at anyone or talking to anyone. He walks right past people. And then after every set, he's just staring at himself in the mirror. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like people around you don't even exist sometimes. Like you walk in there like you own the fucking place. Get your pumps in and you're just staring in the mirror 95% of the fucking time. You know, and it, they just make you act different. I had someone tell me this. I had someone say that. They could tell someone's on steroids by how they act, even if they don't necessarily look the part. Yeah, yeah, it definitely changes your behavior and personality to some extent. I found that women notice it. Some women notice this. And mm-hmm. I found that some women, for some reason, are really into guys on steroids. And it's not just because of their body. Like, they like them looking big, muscular, and in shape like girls that go to the gym and like that seek out more dominant, powerful men. It's because how they act that really, they find it really attractive. It's actually more common than, than what you think. Um, there's even girls on like TikTok making videos about saying they want a guy on trend. 
like when he's on trend and they'll make like a sexual gesture about it and the guys the natties in the comments uh thank me a little bit (laughs) i I, you know i talked about trend a lot so there's probably a reason why women are starting to understand it a bit more but nat Uh, natural dudes in the comments they'll be like no fuck that like you don't want a guy on trend when he fucking beats you <laughs> or when he has a fucking heart attack <laughs> and oh, man. the girls and the girls are like i want if he's not on steroids i don't want him or if he's not on trend when he's on trend and like these women know what trend does to guys like they've heard about it but for some reason they're just into the mindset if it's not even trend if it's just steroids they're just into that that mindset that gear gives you. And for some reason, a lot of girls have been making more of those trend videos. I've noticed, I've seen like maybe 10 or 15 of them in the past few months. Man, that's funny. I've, I've never seen a, a trend video from a girl. Yeah, if you talk to like girls that go to the gym that are, you know, younger, like 20 to 25, maybe 30 that, you know, actually enjoy working out and you bring up trend, most of them probably know what you're talking about now. A good, a good portion, like more than usual, compared to five, like three to five years ago. Steroids like, are definitely becoming more, uh, more just out there. People just know that they're being used. It's it's not quite as quiet just in general. It's more accepted gym culture. No, yeah, it really is. It's not just like a big secret that people will see a dude on gear by how he looks or acts and then they talk shit about him like oh look that's uh that's a steroid user right there he's all sweaty and he has acne puts a needle in his body every week yeah yeah like look how mysterious he is like now people and how much of an asshole he is now people know like what it what steroids do and people come up to me all the time and i'll talk about it openly in the gym like yeah I'm on trend right now, or I'm on growth hormone, or I'm on insulin. People are like really into it. Like it's becoming a part of the gym culture, kind of like how golden era bodybuilders used to be. They probably were doing the same shit back then when it was less stigmatized in the gym. Like, oh, what are you running? Oh, I'm running D ball, Prima Bowlin, Anavar. My doctor just gave me some Anavar and some Winstrol mm-hmm. and some Deca and some Primo. And some proviron. Gotcha on anabolic steroid therapy. Yeah, that used to be a thing. Old narrow dudes would go to their doctor and they'd write him a script of all these different steroids. I I remember you talking about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it still happens to some degree, you know, at some of these clinics, you know, in in America, they 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 prescribe Winstrol, Anadrol, et cetera, still. Yeah, like the old school guys would just slam down a bottle of Winstrel for workout. Yeah, they'd get their Winstrel, take the whole fucking thing. This would be like brown. But I heard stories of them doing that. Maybe not all of them, but I definitely heard a lot of crazy stories back then that guys now would be like, what the fuck? And the whole reason why body why uh, bodybuilders started carrying around water jugs. What about the water jugs? So, uh, I heard, I don't know who it was from, but bodybuilders, you know, when you'd see guys in football or 
guys at the gym carrying around the water bottles, the big ones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reason why they would do that is because they were slamming so many oral steroids down. So they'd carry a big, you know, thing of water around them wherever they went because they weren't drinking water. Their liver was probably getting really hammered. Okay. And like, they'd carry that carry around and around drink. gallon jug. Yeah, they'd carry around the gallon jug. And then um, it was never really like told to people that that's why they did it they just did it and other you know kids would emulate it playing football or playing sports or when they got on their creatine cycle go to the gym with this giant water bottle they're you know starting their 10 their five grams of creatine and they, they they're like man i feel bloated as fuck on this creatine i'm pissing like every fucking 15 minutes piss as clear as can be, but I'm so fucking bloated. And I'm like, I'll talk to him. I'm like, you know why, like, you're bloated, right? The creatine. No, it's fucking that uh, water jug you're carrying around. Like, you know why people used to carry those around? And I tell them, like, they were taking tons of oral steroids. And what you're doing is you're making yourself having to piss every 20 minutes. Thinking <laughs> that creatine is wrecking your kidneys. <laughs> like you're taking fucking halo testing for three months straight. Like they, <laughs> people would really think that creatine was like extremely kidney toxic, that they needed to just drink water constantly. Uh, I hate tell that them, Fuck that creatine. Tell them, yeah. People would tell them, hey, when you take creatine, you got to drink adequate amount of water. And people would think, huh. Adequate amount it means I need to drink more water, and every so, turn they're just having to piss every twenty minutes because they're drinking too much fucking water. Those creatine steroids, very dangerous. Yeah. yeah, and if you think about it, it makes sense. Like, who else were taking oral steroids in the seventies? Football players. Mm-hmm. They were taking Diana Ball. All the shit. They probably were taking a lot of them. You know, so they carry those jugs around. And I always laugh when I see him. So I'm kind of like laughing when he when I see him carrying it around and sipping on it after every set. I'm like, man, like it just always brings me back to that. And when I tell them that, but like they they feel a little stupid. Wow, I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, that's you know, I mean, you can still drink it, but that's where it came from. Yeah, that's uh, you're gonna have to piss a lot. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're piss bottle, they're like, huh? Yeah, like, man, I have to piss all the time, and I'm so fucking bloated. Well, yeah, you're drinking too much fucking water. I guess that's what we can call those guys from now, piss bottle guys. Piss bottle guys, yeah. But yeah, that's that's funny. All right, it looks, it looks like it, it's been uh, about an hour and 20 minutes here. We better wrap up the podcast. But uh, D-Trend, where can, uh, where can people find you on social media? Where can they, the people listening to this, where can they check out your content? So in YouTube, it's going to be D-Trend 800. Same as uh, Instagram, so D-Trend, D-T-R-E-N 800. And on TikTok, just type in D-Trend. You should find me. Um, very easy to find. I'm all over it. So. Yeah, and I talk, I don't really talk about gear as much on my YouTube. 
I do more Q and A's, but uh, it's mainly on TikTok. But definitely okay. more on YouTube as well. I definitely will be posting. I like doing the Q and A's, and uh, usually my Q and A's have a lot of uh, steroid talk included in it. Cool, cool. Do you do those live? No, I, I just do them off of Instagram. I'll post it a day or two before, and I'll have tons of questions, and I kind of pick out which ones to answer from uh, my followers. Right on, right on. So that's how they can that's, that's how they can uh, communicate with you for the Q and A. Yeah. All right, D, all right, Dtran. Well, thank you very much for coming on the uh, podcast, bro. And uh, I know everybody likes listening to you on here. It's been good having you on here, man. And uh, we'll oh, look yeah. back forward to having you on again soon. All right. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, I can't wait till the next one.